Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Christian Fishers of Men podcast. I am your host, Alan, and we are on episode 43 today. Forgive me for having a little bit of an absence. Um, there's been a lot going on in, in my life, in the lives of my children. Uh, it's wrestling season, and for those of you that uh, grew up wrestling or know anything about it, been around it, you know that that is a busy, busy, busy time for young men. I got a son wrestling for the high school here. Uh, he's a freshman wrestling up, so he's getting a lot of good instruction. He's getting beat up a lot, but he's doing great. I'm really proud of him. Um, I got another son in jujitsu, and another son who uh, just finished up little league wrestling. So there's been just a ton going on. Obviously, holidays, getting ready. Uh, for everything else that's coming up. Just been crazy, crazy, crazy. But as I uh, have been sitting in uh, wrestling tournaments with my son, uh, for the ones that have been close anyway, that I've been able to make it out to, it's been really um, interesting to see, and I've been looking at, at my son, who's, uh, who's wrestling for the high school. And we've been having a lot of good talks. I've been having a lot of good talks with my boys. <coughs> and I brought it up, actually, with, with our family. We had a little family discussion about this, and I wanted to... I wanted to uh, extend this conversation out to to my listeners, to the audience, my brothers and sisters uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as well as uh, those of you who may not be members of the Church, who are just good Christian folk. But this message, um, though it applies to all of us, and that though it really is a message that everybody should hear, I think that this message, I'm going to gear it especially to our youth. And <clears throat> I think it's an important lesson to understand, one that I wish that I would have understood at a younger age, one that I wish that um, somebody would have sat me down and and I'm sure that uh, my father tried to explain this to me at some point. Uh, it, it just didn't stick, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to try to make this really plain, and hopefully it'll be something that is very precious. I've got a uh, 17-year-old daughter who's on the cusp of, you know, being able to... She's got a, another year of school and stuff like that, but she's... She's in that stage of wanting to be independent, wanting to go out and, and take the world, you know, by, by the horns and, and, you know, seize her destiny, seize the day, you know, have independence and stuff like that. But she's not quite, um, obviously, at that, the, the maturity level of, you know, being able to understand what needs to happen for her to achieve that. She wants independence. She doesn't want people telling her what to do. Great kid, don't get me wrong, great kid. I love her to death, uh, and it, it's actually somewhat endearing, and it's somewhat strange for me to be on the other end of this with with a kid, because it seems like it was just yesterday that I was going through that same exact thing. And it is, 
it's just it's just crazy how how everything comes full circle but there's just so much you know I, I i think about that and i think about my dad trying to you know tell me things trying to teach me things and i was a stubborn kid i didn't listen a lot you know i uh i look back on on those days and i think man my my parents were geniuses all this time i you know, all this time, they were actually geniuses, you know. And I, I, I'm trying to apply a lot of these lessons to to my children. I'm trying to apply a lot of these uh, things that I have learned, sometimes through the hard way. Sometimes I listened, sometimes I had to learn the hard way. And this is a lesson that I had to learn the hard way. Something I didn't understand. Um, out of both of my parents, um, I, I have my, my father who, who is a, uh, he, he grew up wrestling. He actually made it very far, competed on, on the world stage in wrestling and stuff like that. And who was able to, to me, uh, was Superman growing up. My, my dad was Superman. My dad was my hero. And I probably didn't tell him that enough, but I really looked up to my dad. And one of the biggest things, I think, um, in my life was uh, disappointing my dad. I think everybody has has that instilled in them that we don't want to disappoint our father. Every son, I, I, I know, at least every son, I think, who comes from a, a good, solid background is going to have that just innately a, a part of their being that they don't want to disappoint their dad. They don't want to disappoint their father. Um, I look at my dad's personality. He was a lot... Uh, he was very capable in social settings. He was very able to take care of himself socially, to strike up conversations with total strangers... Um, I actually went with my, my pop to uh, Ohio back in 2018 to visit with family and stuff like that, and it was, it was hilarious to watch. Uh, him and I are polar opposites in that way. I am not the type of guy to go out of my way to talk to anybody. I, um, <laughs> it's probably telling you a lot about me, but I like to find a corner, and I like to sit there, and I like to observe people and see... You know, I'll go through different scenarios, and it's probably because I'm I'm much more like my mother than I am like my father, and I didn't realize that for a long time. But I would, you know, I, I would sit there and I would um, watch my dad just strike up conversations with people. I would watch him be able to just. Uh, with a total stranger, he would bring up genealogy somehow. He would he would do that. He would get them to even download that ancestry app to see if they were related. These total strangers, and they would do it. And it wasn't like they were upset or, in, or it wasn't a bother. They were interested in what my dad had to say. My mom is the opposite of that. My mom is not the type of person to go out of her way to speak to somebody. Public speaking, if giving a talk in church, is terrifying. It takes a physical toll. It takes a mental toll on her. 
Um, my dad, complete opposite of that. He can get up there and he can, it doesn't bother him. You know what I mean? And growing up, I thought something was wrong with me because I, I figured I'm built very similarly to my dad. You know, my dad was a, a man of strength, uh, of physical ability. He was, um, the type of guy that when, when we would move, he would carry a fridge on his back up into the moving, you know, the, the, the moving van and stuff like that. He was just a very physical person. And in that aspect, I took after him. I've always been able to, um, you know, when we're moving a piano or something like that, I can take the one end of it and two people will take the other. And I don't say that to boast. I just inherited some strength uh, from, from my dad's side of the family. Just something that, that was innately in me, you know, and I, I enjoyed working and lifting weights and, and um, kind of refining that, that gift. And I'm trying to pass that on to my, my kids. But I realized at, at a certain point that, <clears throat> you know, nothing was wrong with me. I just, I didn't take after him in that aspect, right? It was very hard for me in a uh, social setting. And this is all a, a big setup. That's why I'm telling you everything here. I'm just I'm going to give you guys some understanding here, but you know, some good setup before we get into the meat of what we're talking about here. But um, my mom was, you know, the complete opposite of my dad socially. Um, she has more anxiety socially. She has you know, different things like that, that I didn't realize that I took after her. I have those same hardships, those same struggles. I remember getting on a bus when I was, you know, a teenager, and I sat down and was just terrified that somebody was going to talk to me and that I was going to have to have a conversation with someone. I, uh, I always had extreme anxiety before a wrestling match to the point where I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to, you know, and I think that's pretty normal. But um, even before a, a football game or something like that, I would have this these in, incredible butterflies, you know. And it was very, very difficult to, to know that everybody's eyes were going to be on me, that I was going to be in the spotlight, um... Getting up and giving a talk was the same way for me. I would have extreme anxiety about it and stuff. And I, I think that, um, to some extent, our society has coddled a little bit too much. Because I can honestly say that if I didn't have the experiences that I had where I was, uh, where I was forced to do some things, not, not that I was unfairly forced or that it was a mean type of thing but there were some societal and cultural expectations out of me and if I didn't have those expectations of me I would I would never have grown I would never have grown but I think that understanding yourself and understanding your strengths and your weaknesses I feel like I was a uh, a somewhat, you know, slightly taller version of my dad physically. You know, I possessed a lot of the same strengths that he had physically, 
but mentally I, I, I had the mentality of my mother. I had her emotions. I had her feelings. Uh, I, I can hold a grudge uh, with the best of anybody, you know, with the best of them. <laughs> I, have, I have things like that. I remember uh, slights that people have, have made against me, and it's hard for me to forget them, you know. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I've also inherited from both of my parents something that they share, a, a value, a virtue that they both shared, was that they were stellar members of the church. And when, when asked to do hard things um, from a church leader, uh, from a bishop, from a stake president, they always did it to the best of their ability every time and even if it was something like talking you know my my mom would the household suffered for a week but my mom would do it right <laughs> my mom would get up there and she would somehow get through it even though she had some extreme social anxiety and now she can you know she's still it's still hard but she can now get up there and she can do it and she does a great job you know She's grown a ton. I can remember watching her from when I was a very young, young kid to now. And it's cool to see the growth. I've been able to see the growth in the, in the almost 40 years that I've been alive. But basically what, what I wanted to bring up here is that, you know, I, I thought something was wrong with me because... I thought that I should be like my dad because my dad was my hero and I thought I I what is wrong with me that I can't I can't do the things that he did I, what, what is wrong with me that I can't that these things aren't easy to me that I have such a harder time than he did with stuff and I didn't understand you know I I I looked and I thought that I I just I thought that I was just defective I thought I was just a defective person right and, you know, my sons, I'm sure, are looking at me and see it's something that I religiously do is I religiously lift my weights. That's something that I do. I don't skip that. Um, it is a big, you know, and I'm not this big, like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger looking guy. I just, I, to be honest with you, I, I want to maintain strength so I don't get injured as I go into my old age. And if I can if I can still, you know, use my, my hundred pound dumbbell that I, that I got from the high school when they were getting rid of a bunch of their weights. And if I can still, you know, press some, some good weight that I did in high school and stuff, you know, I, I've been able to maintain strength. I'm just as strong as I've ever been. And I, apparently that's according to Brian Shaw, who's, uh, was the world's strongest man multiple times. He said, that's the last thing to go as you age is your strength. And so I'm trying to hang on to that so that I can still help people move. So I can still help my kids move when, when the time comes for them. I want to be, I want to have bone density and I want to have my muscle mass so that I can just not get injured as I get older and I can be somewhat fit. I'm working on walking every day. And that's a struggle that just doesn't come as easy as lifting. But I want to talk today about 
about things being hard, about life being hard, about things that are easy for your parents or that you may perceive to be easy to your parents, um, actually being hard, being difficult. Now, as I stated with my mom, public speaking hasn't gotten any easier for her. When she gets up uh, in church to bear her testimony, or when she gets up to, to give a talk, or something like that, the actual act has not gotten any easier. She has gotten stronger. She has has uh, been able to to adapt, right? In the military, we had a we had a saying called "improvise, adapt, and overcome." And the idea behind that is that no matter what comes your way, you're going to get the mission done, right? Doesn't matter what you have to do. Maybe maybe the plan doesn't work out, so you got to come up with another plan. You got to improvise something. You got to adapt to the situation, right? Life is very much that way. And I've come across um, a, a saying, a mantra, if you will, something that I have adopted into my life and that has helped me to understand the plan of salvation more. Something that has enabled me to, to think celestial, as President Nelson has admonished us to do. And it um, came from the athletic world. It came from multiple uh, people who have made this, this connection and who have uh, proclaimed this, what I would call a, a gospel principle, right? Now, they're putting it into different words, but the, the gospel principle is eternal. And it, it comes in the form of three words. And those three words are, choose your heart. Now, some of you may have heard that, and some of you may have not. Choose your heart is something that I now repeat to my children. It is something that they will remember me for, that they will probably be sick of hearing it by the time they leave my house. I tell them all the time, choose your heart. Now, this concept was something that I, I didn't understand until I was an adult. And I suffered a lot. I, I, um, I look back on, on some things and, you know, after I blew out my, my shoulder, I didn't finish out my wrestling career. And, you know, I, I, uh, I, I, I regret that. I live with regret because of that. You know, and I, it, it, it's, it's just one of those things. It's one of those things that you, you know, I, I always worried that I disappointed my dad with that. And I'm sure I did. I, I, I know I did. You know, not that that's the all-encompassing, most important thing in the world. But like, like I said, I think every son wants to know that he, uh, he doesn't want to disappoint his dad. And the approval of, of a father is paramount to a son. And I look back and, and I, you know, just different decisions that I made growing up, you know, and I didn't understand 
I didn't understand that concept, that life is supposed to be hard. I thought that that there was something wrong with me, that I was defective. I thought that I was supposed to be Superman like my dad, right? And when I couldn't handle those challenges of life, you know, when I didn't, I didn't have the life's uh, skills, I hadn't developed myself mentally. I developed myself very physically, right? Um, I hadn't developed myself mentally. I hadn't developed myself spiritually enough to understand that life is hard and it's supposed to be that way. It doesn't mean that you've, uh, that you've angered your creator when you come across hardship. It doesn't mean that you've lost the blessings of, of your God. It doesn't mean that Christ is angry with you and that he is withholding the atonement from you because you're defective, right? And that's, that's genuinely what I thought. And as I've stated before, this, I really want my, my young listeners, if, if I, you know, I don't know how many of you that I have, but I, knew, I know I have some. And so I'm going to give you some fatherly advice, okay? Understand that life is supposed to be hard. And that is a hard pill to swallow. Because we don't like to do hard things. We don't want life to be hard. That's human nature. We want to find the easy route. If you're taking a hike, most sane people, unless you're a hiking nut, right? And I know some of those folks. They're, they're crazy. They don't want to take the super hard route. They want to take the scenic, beautiful route that is, you know, like walking through Hobbiton, right? <laughs> it's like walking through the Shire in the Lord of the Rings. Just beautiful walking around some slight hills there here and there that you have to walk through plenty of places to stop and take a rest right that's that's human nature we want life to be that way but we need to understand something and i'm going to use my athletic analogy here because that's the the world that i come from okay Now, as I've stated before, I, I enjoy, I get that natural high from, from challenging my, my body with weight, right? I don't go crazy anymore. My joints are starting to feel a little bit of, of going heavy, heavy weight. So I have a, a, a certain amount that I go to that gives me a good, solid workout that you know makes me sweat, that gets me going and stuff. And I try to maintain a certain level of strength. Now, I think back every time that I go out to lift, especially on, on bench press and stuff like that, especially on squats, like these super foundational uh, lifts that, that you do to strengthen your body, these major muscle groups and stuff. I think back to when I was in fifth grade. That's when I started... Um, bugging my dad to tag along with him and my oldest brother to, to the high school to work out. And as I stated, like my, my dad was, and still is, my hero. You know, I, I tell my boys all the time, be like Grandpa. You know, Grandpa's the, one of the best men that I know, so be like Grandpa, you know. Listen to my advice, but be like Grandpa. <laughs> 
you know, and, and I, uh, I try to, I, I, I tried to emulate my dad as much as I could growing up. And so one of those things that I saw him doing was working out, was lifting weights and stuff and, and trying to maintain a certain level of strength. Now, wrestling was his passion, was his love. Uh, lifting weights was my passion and my love and still is to this day. That is, that's my all-time, like, favorite thing that I, that I did and still do. That was my passion, was, was strength training. Um, but I, would, I, I wound up going with, with my brother and my father, and I watched the weight that they were pushing, and as this fifth grader who had, you know, I, I, I did develop early, and I remember how difficult it was for me to, to put a 45 on each uh, side of the bar, and to press that once, to barely get that up once in, in the bench press. And to see the weight that, that my brother and my, uh, and, and my pop were pressing and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm never going to make it to that. Like, it was hard. And, and I, I, uh, I remember loving the manliness of it, loving the, the, being a part of this of this, you know, man training that that I saw my brother and, and my pop being, uh, you know, joining in every every so often, and I wanted to be a part of that, and I wanted to be able to to be a peer. I wanted to be able to push weight, you know, and of course there's always that little bit of competition and stuff like that, but I remember um, how. I thought to myself, how the heck am I going to be able to get to make up this margin of difference between what I can do and what my dad can do and what my brother can do, right? And I remember thinking how hard it was for me to get that, to get that, that, that bar with a plate on each side up once, right? But I remember my brother... And this is a shout out to uh, my brother Carl. I remember him saying, "Dude, Al, this, that that's great. You you were able to do that once. A lot of people can't even do that as a as a fifth grader. That's great. You have a great starting point, right?" And um, that obviously made me feel good about myself too. But you know, basically, I I kept going with them. And. I kept working at it, and then I started working at it on my own. You know, I started to, um, in sixth grade, the next year, I started wrestling with the junior high. And as a sixth grader, I was I was getting beat up a lot. You know, I was getting in the wrestling room. But, though, you know, those ninth graders were my heroes. Even to this day, I love those guys, you know. Um, run into them every once in a while, but, you know... I saw those guys lifting weights, I, and it just made a big impact on me. And so I would stay after wrestling practice, and I would lift weights. And I was trying to strengthen myself, strengthen my body. Now, I'm telling you this because the weightlifting 
never really got any easier. It was always a struggle. In a way, it got easier, but that was more perception because I got stronger. But lifting weight never really got any easier, right? And eventually I got to where I was in the same arena as everybody else and then even surpassed a lot of people, right? And it never ceased to be hard. And I'm I'm telling this analogy so that we can apply it to life, right? If I would have given up after that one time, I would have lost out on a lot of experiences, a lot of, of training. And it's been strange as I get older, as I'm going into my, my uh, almost 40 years old now, I'm noticing that my body is changing, that I'm, I, don't, I don't have the speed that I used to. I haven't been working out on that. I haven't been working on, on my wind, you know, my, my lung capacity. I, have, I don't run anymore. I, I don't have the same speed. My mind still remembers all these wrestling moves that I'm showing my kids and stuff, but my body doesn't work the same way anymore. <laughs> it's a weird thing, you know. And I see uh, myself going through the same thing that I watched my dad go through as I watched my, my dad age. But these lessons that I learned in the weight room, that I learned, you know, in the um, wrestling room and stuff like that, like a lot of these I didn't understand until like recent years, you know what I mean? And applying this to to choose your heart, right? I I told this to my son as we were having a discussion about it. And and it's it's funny to hear him relaying the same message in the words of his coach, you know, and it was the same lessons that I got, but it just didn't click. And they, you know, they basically say here, you know, you you're always going to have to eat this sandwich, right? And it's, you know, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm pulling back on, on, the <laughs> on the crudeness and stuff of this analogy. But it is, it is a good analogy. And my son was telling it to me. And I'd heard it a billion times myself in the military, in sports and stuff. But, you know, it basically says, there is a sandwich that needs to be ate every single day. And this sandwich is not a delicious sandwich. This sandwich contains things that you do not want to eat in it but it has to be eaten every day and if you put off eating that sandwich it's just going to get stashed into a backlog right and they're going to keep stacking up on top of each other these sandwiches that you don't want to eat and eventually there's going to come a time when you're going to have to eat those sandwiches you you have to it it has to be done But now that you've waited, now that you're older, these sandwiches are gross. They're moldy. They're nasty, right? They they now have to be eaten quicker and all at once. Whereas if you would have eaten it back in the day, just eat it one at a time every single day, one a day, you would be able to have a lot more... (laughs) opportunity you got more time you've got you know you've learned how to eat this sandwich 
and even though at first it was it was difficult to to get down you know if you continue eating your sandwich every day then eventually you get to where you expect it you learn to thrive on that sandwich that sandwich starts to be very nutritious to you to your life right and i was proud hearing him tell me this this uh, uh, analogy and and we, we kind of had a bonding moment over it. And that's where I brought up the, yeah, you got to choose your heart. It's the same thing. And so we, we talked about that. I shared a motivational, uh, a motivational, I guess it was, you could, you'd call it a montage. It's this, it's this guy who, who has this really passion, passionate speech about choosing your heart, right? And I found a quote that goes along with it that complements it very well. And I'm going to read it for you guys. And just pay attention to this here. This isn't to make anybody feel bad or anything like that. Yeah, we've all, we all are going to fail against, against something hard at some point in our lives. You know what I mean? And we're going to, we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But here is, here's the quote. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your heart. Obesity is hard. Being fit is hard. Choose your heart. Being in debt is hard. Being financially disciplined is hard. Choose your heart. Communication is hard. Not communicating is hard. Choose your heart. Life will never be easy. It will always be hard. But we can choose our hard. That right there is probably one of the biggest golden nuggets of life advice that I could ever hope to pass on to anybody. Because... I think we always only hear the one side of, of the hardships of life. We only ever hear that um, it's hard to eat right. It's hard to get up and to go on a walk. We never hear... It's like we're only hearing the, the regret portion of it, because at the end of every hard there's either going to be a regret or a reward, right? If you choose to not participate in the difficulty of uh, controlling what you eat, of exercising the advice of the word of wisdom, and you eat uh, everything that you see, if you give in to every urge of your body and allow your body to rule over your spirit and you partake of sugar every two seconds and you eat cake and you eat pizza and ice cream all the time every day multiple times a day then you are going to force the the hard of being obese and being unable to possibly watch your grandchildren grow up and that's hard that is hard very very hard and then the hard the hardship of getting in shape becomes even more difficult and it looks like this everest of a mountain right but if you talk to 
any person in peak physical condition and ask them, is it easy? Is what you're doing easy? Is it, is it easy to not partake of the pizza? Is it easy to not partake of the cake and ice cream daily and the pie and go nuts, have Thanksgiving every single day, right? And of course they're going to tell you, no, it's not easy. This is, this is hard. Are there times when I don't feel like coming to the gym? Yeah. Are there times when I don't feel like watching what I eat and counting my calories? Yeah. Of course. You have to choose your heart, my young brothers and sisters. You have to choose your heart. One of the, they're both hard. But one of those hardships comes with regret. And one of those hardships comes with a reward. And the reward that goes along with exercising and eating right is living a long, healthy life to be able to see your grandchildren. Okay? Having a... Having, being able to run and not be weary and walk and not faint, right? Now, this applies to the gospel and, and it is the gospel. This concept is the gospel. Because there is... There is reward and there is regret on choosing your hard, okay? And I've, I've, I've watched this with people in my life. I have seen people who were married in the temple, who uh, have partaken in all of the covenants of, of Abraham, and who have walked away, who have chosen to walk away because the gospel was hard. Because it was hard to walk the gospel path and to hold on to the iron rod. And I am here to tell you that it is hard. It's not easy. There are days when I don't feel like going to church and getting up early and going to church on Sunday. There are days when I don't feel like uh, responding to a group of me message about somebody needing help to move a piano or about you know, a, 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 a family who has just moved in needing help moving some stuff into their home or moving out, right? That's hard. I don't feel like doing that in the moment. Rarely do I feel like doing it. You know what I mean? But there is a reward that comes with that. There is regret that comes from not doing that. And I have seen the people that have turned away from the gospel. And I have seen them thinking that the grass is greener on the Babylonian side of the fence. And when they get there, they are miserable. They become miserable. And for a time, they will try to convince everybody else and themselves uh, how much better life is. But without a doubt, without fail, they become miserable. They become unhappy. Their countenance changes. And they become almost a, a shell of a person that they used to be. I've, I've seen that happen. They become so confused and lost that it is, it's absolutely heartbreaking to watch. And you see them filled with regret. And a lot of times, you know, it, it takes time. Sometimes it takes time. Regret really is like a fine wine. 
you may be able to push it down for a while, but eventually that regret is going to age and it's going to it's going to creep into your dreams. It's going to overpower you. And we see that happen. I've seen that happen. You know, it's it's sad. It's very sad and difficult to watch and it's one of those things that that you it's heartbreaking because you don't want anybody to experience that, you know. And I I I bring this up because to the youth, I don't want you guys and this applies to adults as well, but I really want the youth to understand this. There is, there, there is reward and there is regret. There is always two choices, no matter what. And you will get to choose your heart as you grow up and as you mature spiritually, physically, spiritually, uh, mentally. All of these aspects of, of what make you, you, right? You will have to choose your heart, and there is regret, and there is reward, right? I want to read you guys a quote here by Elder Christofferson. Uh, I pray for that each of us will draw close to our Heavenly Father and Savior through our personal adversity. Adversity in life should not surprise us, whether it arises from our own sins and mistakes or something else. Adversity is a fact of mortal life. Some people think they should be spared from any adversity if they keep God's commandments, but it is in the furnace of affliction that we are chosen. Even the Savior was not exempt Though he were a son of though excuse me, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. For those of us who are accountable, hardship is often a crucial element of our eventually becoming or being made perfect. It is what makes life more than a simple multiple-choice test. God is not just interested in what we do or don't do, but in what we are becoming. If we are willing, He will teach us the act. As He acts rather... Or, excuse me, I'm struggling today. If we are willing, He will teach us to act as He acts, rather than simply to be acted upon by other forces. We must learn to be righteous in all circumstances, or, as President Brigham Young said, even in the dark. I believe that the challenge of overcoming and growing from adversity appealed to us when God presented His plan of redemption in the pre-mortal world. We should approach that challenge now knowing that our Heavenly Father will sustain us, but it is crucial that we turn to Him without God the dark experiences of suffering and adversity tend to de- despondency, despair, and even bitterness. 
With divine help, ultimately, consolation replaces pain. Peace replaces turmoil and hope replaces sorrow. God will convert trial into blessing and, in Isaiah's words, give beauty for ashes. His promise is not to spare us the conflict, but to preserve and console us in our afflictions and to consecrate them for our gain. I think that... Um, I think that to some of, of you young brothers and sisters, that is going to come as a revelation because it did come as a revelation to me. And sometimes that's a hard revelation uh, to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow. The fact that you have to be able to face hardship. You're going to face hardship. There's nothing you can do about it. That, that can be difficult. But, the difficulty and the hardship of not preparing to face adversity is the path that leads to regret because you won't be a match and you'll get crushed. On the other hand, if you recognize your strengths and your weaknesses and you start to put yourself out there, put yourself into uncomfortable circumstances, put yourself... Um, into metaphorical weightlifting program where you know that right now you're not fit. You're not there. Recognizing that is, is okay. That's half the battle. But knowing that as you continue to exercise, as you continue to stretch yourself and allow the, the Lord to stretch you, that at some future point, when you do inevitably come across that hardship, that adversity, that you will have been prepared for it, and you will be a match for it. And you will be able to not only get through it, but you will be able to help others who are going through similar things. And you'll be able to hopefully with your own children, prepare them for the hardships of life. As I have spoken to my children about this, I've told them, look, wrestling is hard. There's no, no two ways about it. Wrestling teaches an ability to endure a grind that is extremely hard to replicate in life. 
It teaches a mental fortitude and toughness, uh, something that we in the military referred to as the suck, right? When you learn to embrace the suck, when you know it's like, and I've, I've bring this up before, but the suck is hardship. The suck is adversity. That's what the suck is, right? It sucks. When you learn to thrive and you embrace the adversity and you say, you know what? I've accepted the fact that I'm going to have this adversity every single day whether that be because it's life or whether that be because I'm in training, right? I'm in a couple-month training through basic training or boot camp or what what have you. As soon as you adjust your attitude and you embrace the suck, you choose your hard, right? Life changes, and it changes for the better. And, you know, my, my, my son, who is going through it right now, I see him being stretched. I see him, you know, not having a lot of free time about having to, to come home or, you know, and, and do homework to come home and to, or to do homework on the bus on the way to a tournament that's an hour away or two hours away or whatever. You know, ha- he's learning He's learning, and I'm trying to give him this, you know, the, the, the big eternal perspective on things, where I say, look, this is going to be hard. But this will prepare you for the hard that is really hard, the crippling hard that takes some people out. It won't take you out if you can endure this. This will train you and strengthen you in ways that you you can't even imagine. Also, nobody at school, no no bullies at school want to mess with wrestlers, right? That's that's a bonus, you know. But I've used wrestling and I've used I've used these um physical things. You 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 can apply this to everything. I uh, have somebody that I work with that I remember in high school. He was complete opposite of me. Not athletic whatsoever. He went the musical route, right? And I remember for um, for one of the, uh, in seminary, we did like a talent show, right? And I didn't even participate because I don't like getting up in front of people, right? I took after my mom in that aspect. I remember uh, this guy getting up there and he didn't just get up in front of everybody, he sang. He got up there and sang a freaking solo. And I was blown away that he would have the guts to do that. Completely blew me away. I was... I was so impressed. And he wasn't, his voice isn't anything special. It wasn't anything special. You know, he had some training, obviously, but it wasn't, you know, he wasn't like, you know, Bon Jovi up there, right? 
But he had the guts to get up there and do it. And I remember, th- I remember admiring that. I remember thinking, that is so admirable. Like, I can't believe that he had the guts to get up there and do that. He wasn't embarrassed at all, you know? That's always stuck with me, even after all these years. So you can apply this to everything else, right? You can apply this to whatever it is that, that, that you're into, whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is that you're dealing with, right? And I was lucky enough to be trained like like and given advice by people like my dad, from my dad's generation, from a lot of people, you know, who who served in the Vietnam War, who served in, you know, the Gulf War, who was a part of of many different conflicts, you know, in between that that amount of time. I've I had the opportunity to to be taught by by men who were men. And I see the way that society is trending and I I I hope that we are able to course correct. I hope that we're able to course correct and that we realize and recognize that without adversity, without embracing the suck, without choosing your hard, the default position, the default feeling, the default path is going to be the one that leads to regret. One more quick thing before we before we call this this done here before we call this episode done. There's a a gal that I just saw, and she um she actually wrote an article. Right. She writes an article, and she's. She grew up as a, and I'm not trying to get too political here, but she grew up, she's my age, she grew up as a feminist, and she talks about, she she thinks back to the things that she was taught by these, these super feminazi gals, right? She's 38 years old now, and she's come to a horrible realization. She doesn't have any kids. Um, she doesn't have a husband. And she's about out of time. She's about out of time. And it makes me sad to even bring this up because I think about my kids. I think about where I'm at now. And it's not going to be too long before I'm, I'm going to be a grandpa. And I'm, I'm her age. Plus, I can't imagine raising kids in my 40s and 50s. That's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Alan can't do that. I want to be a young grandpa who's full of life, right? But this gal, you know, she said, um, I'm terrified I've missed my opportunity. She said, I'm, th- I'm 38 and single and I recently realized I want a child. I'm terrified I've missed my opportunity. And then she talks about how she was taught by, by these people who did not value family, who did not value 
having a positive male role model in your life. The benefits of that. About how you don't need to have men around, right? About how men are toxic, about how men are evil and innately, you know, bad and stuff like that. And to hear her regret, I, I just had to bring that in here because it matched up so well with, with choosing your heart, right? And she is now advocating to young women to not follow the path that she took. Value children, value family, value a husband, one who preferably lives the you know the, the laws of god and for those who aren't you know this message is universal for those who aren't even of our faith you know what i'm saying like the the family a mother a father valuing children valuing family teaching them correct principles values right these judeo christian values that we used to have in common with everybody. As they get abandoned, you will see a lot of these people that will turn back and look on their life with bitter regret. Bitter regret. And my young brothers and sisters, I hope that you listen. I know that it's hard to listen to somebody who came before you. I, I remember what that's like. I do. In my mind, I'm still a 16-year-old kid. I really am. I'm a 16-year-old kid in my brain. I'm a 16-year-old kid who has a bunch of, of life under his belt. And I, um, I've lived a, a pretty good life. I've lived a, you know, I've obviously like anybody else, I've stumbled. You know, I, I'm, I've had moments where I've, I've made my parents proud, and I've had moments where I'm sure that I've, I've brought a little bit of disappointment, right? But overall, I think I've done pretty well. I'm raising my kids in the church. I, I serve. I. I'm worthy. I'm a worthy husband and father. I, I, I have, have, have not partaken of pornography. I'm not addicted to any of that jazz. You know what I'm saying? I, I think I'm doing pretty good. But I do look back and I see some of the re regrets that I do have. And they're small and stupid on some, some things. They're small and stupid, you know. But being able to, to hear my wife uh, talk to my kids as well, and she being one who, she had a child out of wedlock. And um, I, I took on a kid when I married my wife and stuff, and seeing how the things in her perspective, seeing the regrets that she has uh, from those choices and seeing how it's affected our family, how it, you know, it, it really is a generational effect. But 
seeing how the Lord can take that, can take those experiences and turn them uh, to a benefit. You know, knowing that our children get first-hand knowledge of what it would be like to deviate from the gospel path in that way. Seeing the regret, you know what I mean? I hope that you, you young brothers and sisters, will take take the, the advice and the knowledge that, uh, that I'm giving here and apply it to yourself. Realize that adversity is going to happen in your life no matter what. But it's your choice to choose how you react to that adversity. It's your choice to choose how to prepare for future adversity. And that as you choose your hard, as you choose your path in life, realize that you're choosing your hard and look at it through the lens of which path has a reward and which path has an eventual regret. That's my prayer for you. And I, uh, I, I want you guys to know, to, to the youth, that I love you guys, and I, I still identify with you. I'm just a older, slower, more out of shape version of, of my 16-year-old self, right? My, my old high school self could kick my butt, right? But I, I identify with you guys still. I, I, I think about that, and I... I have a desire to impart and to help and to give advice as much as I can, you know, as I do with my kids, as we have these talks. And I pray for you. I hope that you take the lessons and values of generations past and bring them to bear and bring them back into our culture, into our society. And I ask the Lord to bless you guys, and I do so in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Redeemer. Amen.